0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Dot Mill Docs, the Military Health System's official podcast. I'm Elizabeth Lockwood and today is Thursday, January 7th, 2010. We here at the Military Health System hope you had a restful holiday season and that your new year is off to a fantastic start. Today we are joined by Colonel Charles Engel, Director of the DOD Deployment Health Clinical Center at Walter Reed Army Medical Center. Colonel Engel is also the Senior Scientist at the Center for the Study of Traumatic Stress, as well as an Associate Professor and Associate Chair of the Department of Psychiatry at the Uniformed Services University School of Medicine. Colonel Engel joins us today to talk about the Deployment Health Continuity of Care for Mental Health that heals the wounded and builds their trust. Colonel Engel, welcome to Dot Mill Docs.
1: Oh, Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. To get us started, can you tell us a little bit about this continuity of care and how it fits into more traditional... Um, w- ways of healing like antibiotics, vaccines, and magnetic resonance imaging?
1: Yeah, well, um, continuity of care is really something that's basic to all forms of care, whether it's uh, uh, an alternative form of medical care or uh, surgical care uh, or basic primary care. Uh, and it's the extent to which a person has a continuous relationship with their doctor and with the healthcare setting and there's a number of different features of it it's it's kind of a fuzzy notion that uh is not black or white necessarily uh it's gray and there uh, are are shades of it but uh things that are important to it uh are uh factors like uh, do you do you have a doctor that you can call your own and is that uh, does that doctor uh know you do they know your family uh is there a sense that you have that uh, when you go to see the doctor, that there's going to be a, a follow-up plan that's put into place, and that you'll understand that follow-up. Um, when when a test is when a test is ordered, uh, are you confident that you will hear the uh, the results of that test either from your doctor or from a member of the staff? And and these are these factors are things that um, uh, are indicators, if you will, of, of continuity of care.
0: Okay, so one main way that patients can know that they're really receiving a good continuity of care is just knowing their doctor and knowing that their doctor has a personal interest in their own case.
1: Right. I mean, if you think of if you think of medical care almost like a a string, and uh, that uh, happens uh, over a over a period of time, uh, sure. uh, and and that at various points in the string there are knots, which stand for you know the times that you get ill. Uh, and you'd like to know that there are things that join those knots together so that uh, you'd like to have a a sense that uh, your doctor and, to some extent, the clinical staff uh, at the place where you receive your care understand your big picture, your health picture, and uh, it's not just, uh, you know, you come into the clinic one day, you see a doctor you've never seen before, and they have to start from scratch and uh, try and understand you know, who you are, what your preferences are and uh, and also what's your what's your health status that day
0: so then tell me why continuity of care is so important. How does it make a difference in the patient's uh, medical experience?
1: Well, continuity of care is important from a number of different perspectives i mean I, I think that uh, if you want to divide care up into broad uh, aspects, there's a a part that's related to uh, technology and technical competence. And then there's another part, which is uh, we could call it sort of the human side of uh, of care, and uh, you know both aspects are very important. But often the technical side gets uh, gets emphasized uh, to the loss of the of the human side, and uh, if, if there's not a relationship, if there's not a sense that. Uh, uh, the The doctor has uh, the patient's best interest at heart that knows what their preferences are uh, that maybe the patient will be less likely to follow their instructions, whether that's uh, instructions to exercise or instructions to take a certain medicine for uh, for one of their medical problems. Uh, so in essence uh, you know the the world's best therapy Uh, can be undone if continuity is not sound, that if there's not that, uh, you know, that joining between the knots, if you will, uh, that uh, even, even the best therapies don't get uh, don 't get used by the by the patient um, and uh, another reason why uh, continuity is important is that uh, very seldom in medicine in any area in any area of medicine do we find that the, you know the first treatment that we try right up front Works great and is well tolerated with no side effects. Uh, in order to um, uh, identify the most effective therapy, there's a sort of necessarily a little bit of a trial and error process. In order to do that, uh, you have to be able to see the patient over time, and it, uh, and it helps if it's the same person seeing the person over time. Uh, and it helps if the doctor knows what it is that you're looking for as a patient uh, as the result from, from this treatment. Uh, so you know sometimes identifying uh, an effective treatment uh, out of the options available is something that essentially can't be done if there's not good continuity.
0: Right, so you're kind of learning from past experiences what is best for this particular patient,
1: and designing future care. Yes.
0: Okay, so then how how is the military health system doing in terms of providing a continuity of care to all its service members and families?
1: Well, I think that uh, the you know all uh, healthcare systems have a particular challenge uh, in this area that uh, you know medicine uh, has uh, focused a great deal on uh, on its business models, so to speak. Uh, uh, trying to uh, essentially stay fiscally uh, uh, active uh, fiscally viable um, that 's created situations where there 's increasing pressure to reduce time uh, and with, with the patient and Uh, sometimes it can create sort of chaotic systems. This is, uh, again, uh, not just a a military health system challenge. I think one of the reasons that uh, the military health system has some particular advantages is that uh, you could argue that we're While those factors play uh, an increasing role in our setting, that we're uh, we're still we still have uh, quite a buffer uh, from from those factors. That uh, you know, there's not pressure on clinicians to make certain decisions based on cost. That there, you know, there is the opportunity to uh, take the time uh, that's needed. Uh, For patients to get to know them, you know, I'd say challenges that we have in our setting uh, is that uh, we are a military setting, and that uh, we have uh, we have both the clinicians, the doctors, providers themselves, uh, as well as uh, the patients who are in uniform uh, and those who are not in uniform, their family uh, who are, are moving and if it's not a deployment they may be moving to another place uh, you know that, that becomes a, a threat to continuity of care. Um, there are ways around it uh, uh, you can develop sound uh, structures of care, you can develop good information systems. Uh, and I'd say that's another distinct advantage that the military health uh, system has, as well as the VA health system, you know, these are large uh, healthcare systems where you can develop a coherent information system uh, that uh, can be used to guide uh, care over over the patient's lifetime. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, out in private practice. Um, they may not have they may not have that luxury. So we have strengths and weaknesses. I think that uh, you know, all settings have a long ways to go in in this area. Um, uh, and the military in that sense is not an exception.
0: Okay. Um so what are some of the solutions then that we can use to improve the continuity of healthcare within, within the military health system?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that uh, I, you know, maybe one example that uh, that I might use uh would be Uh, a program that we're running, a a worldwide program that's called uh, RESPECT-MIL, and that's that's an acronym, uh, RESPECT-MIL, for um, reengineering systems of primary care treatment in the military, Uh, and specifically we're focusing on Uh, some uh, psychological health conditions in primary care, the the diagnosis and management of depression and post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, which is, uh, as we know, because of the uh, recent deployments, uh, that this has become uh, an increasing uh, sort of public health issue uh, for us in the military, and we uh, so we want to be you know, on top of this. Uh, naturally, this is probably the uh, you know a, a, a perfect example uh, where continuity is crucial because if you're not seeing the same doctor every time around, uh, it becomes very hard for patients to share uh, some things that uh, may be quite sensitive uh, for them and uh, and are quite unique to them. Um, so, uh, what we are doing in respect Nil is uh, really sort of three major components we're We're setting up the the way that care is designed in these clinics so that it uh, empowers the doctor to uh, improve the continuity of care and empowers the clinics to improve the continuity of care. And we're setting up uh, the, the, uh, the the three main components. Uh, of the Respectful program are a prepared primary care practice, uh, the use of a uh, care manager resource, and uh, enhancing the uh, connection, uh, the interface, if you will, with uh, the, the, uh, the specialist, the, the behavioral health specialist. And uh, so using a screener in the clinic uh, and having all that information brought to the clinician so he can he or she can use their time uh, uh, as best they can, uh, and then using the care uh, manager to ensure that there's uh, that touchstone, that, that one person that, uh, that they can, that can follow them, that they get to know uh, very well, that's helping that primary care doctor and making sure that uh, the specialist is looking in and providing advice. It's a, it's a team approach to care. And this, uh, I think probably, if you were to use one word uh, to capture how best to improve continuity, it's working as a team.
0: Okay, so it sounds like it's not just about providing top-notch uh, care. It's also about building trust between the patient and the doctor and making sure everyone's working together to deliver the best care possible.
1: Yes, and I I, uh, I would say that you know, top-notch care uh, really values trust as uh, the essential ingredient. But, uh, again, if you, if you trust your doctor, if you have confidence in your doctor, Then uh, you're more likely, uh, many studies show this, you're more likely to do what he or she is asking you to do. And uh, so, and, and interestingly, it's not always the characteristics of that doctor that cause us to trust or not trust the doctor. It's often uh, the extent to which the system that surrounds that doctor is uh, supporting the doctor in, uh, in the tasks that he or she have to do over the course of the day to take care of patients. And uh, so in Respect Mill, what we've uh, done is set up a process that's predictable clinicians know it's going to happen. Uh, they know how to ref, uh, how to set up uh, the uh, right relationship with a nurse for people who have needs. Uh, they know what the role of the specialist will be in that. And the, and the clinician and the patient also has the opportunity to do it. To uh, understand how that's going to work, there's literature that uh, that helps them to understand, you know, the reason that they're in the program and uh, and, and the goals of, of the program and so on. So these things all uh, foster confidence, not only in the program but uh, but really in the in, in the clinician, uh, and and that uh, is what uh, will make a break uh, often. Uh, uh, or failure of treatment.
0: Okay. We're going to take a quick break for the Dot Mill Docs Health Beat, news and information from the military health system. When we come back, we'll talk to Colonel Angle about the future of continuity and ways that the military health system can improve upon the care they offer service members and their families. Ah! Dot Mill Docs Health Beat.
2: A team of scientists at the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences and the National Institutes of Health have published research finding that girls who participated in interpersonal psychotherapy may prevent excessive weight gain. The girls who participated in interpersonal psychotherapy were better able to prevent their body mass index from increasing excessively over the course of a year compared to girls who took traditional health education classes. Marion Tanofsky-Kraft, Ph.D., an assistant professor at USU, said, "...if interpersonal psychotherapy proves to be effective, we may be able to prevent not only excessive weight gain, but the development of related adverse health conditions in a subset of susceptible youth." Five severely wounded veterans returned to Iraq last week as part of the third installment of an evolving program to help wounded warriors heal from traumatic combat injuries. The group, consisting of amputees and severe burn victims, visited deployed paratroopers of the 82nd Airborne Division as part of Operation Proper Exit, a program designed to return the injured to the scene of their battlefield injuries to help them find psychological closure. The program has so far helped 18 wounded soldiers and Marines move on with their lives. The nonprofit Troops First Foundation, that runs the program, is working to bring groups of wounded warriors like this to Iraq every month. And finally, members of the U.S. Air Force Theater Hospital at Joint Base Balad in Iraq are training Iraqi Defense Ministry medical personnel as part of the new American Iraqi Air Medical Evacuation and Medical Provider Training Course. The training enables Iraqis to study burn care as well as to observe and practice proper medical evacuation techniques. Air Force Captain Elizabeth Hotels, a 332nd Expeditionary Medical Group Civil Military Operations officer, said, quote, The ultimate goal of this military-to-military medical capacity building program is to help establish an Iraqi military air medical evacuation program with trained flight surgeons, flight nurses, and medevac technicians. That is your Dot Mill Docs Health Beat. All these stories and more are online at health.mil. For the Military Health System, I'm Russell Carlson.
0: Welcome back to Dot Mill Docs. Today, Colonel Charles Engel, Director of the Deployment Health Clinical Center, is talking with us about the mental health continuity of care available to service members. I've heard a little bit about a program, I guess, called Specialized Care Programs. How do these fit in then with Respect.mil, or are they related at all?
1: Well, um, the Specialized Care Program is, uh, if you, you know, if you think of uh, uh, medical care as uh, being along a broad spectrum, that uh, there are... Uh, essentially care programs that involve people who aren't in care at all, you know, information and uh, education, things that are out there for people who aren't necessarily receiving care. And then, you know, there's primary care for people who are coming in uh, uh, with different kinds of problems, the general doctor, and then there are uh, specialty care programs. And uh, when when a patient uh, has been followed in primary care, and things aren't working in terms of uh, the approach uh, to their to their issue. their needs are bigger then uh, you know, we have uh, two versions of the specialized care program, which are designed to help um, uh, that patient get back on track and uh, get engaged. In a more uh, kind of long-term uh, relationship with their system uh, and, and with their with their doctor. Okay. Uh, we have we have one that focuses on various kinds of symptoms. Um, uh, these are often medically unexplained, but they're also things that uh, uh, can be quite disabling for patients. Such as, uh, you know, the, the main one that comes to mind is chronic pain in all of its shapes and sizes. So we have a program for patients with uh, chronic pain that they that they link to their military service. We have another one uh, for patients uh, with uh, psychological health issues related uh, to their military service. And uh, when, those, when those issues get bigger than can be handled with uh, local resources, then you know, there is the opportunity to come into this program. Okay. And uh, you know, we're, we're, we view what we do through a continuity lens. So these programs are, each one is three weeks long. The content is slightly different in each because there are different kinds of, uh, of health challenges. But after the person uh, finishes the three weeks, in both cases, uh, we have a care management piece of it uh, that is designed to guide them back to uh, where they're uh, going to be working and living uh, and receiving health care after the program. Uh, it's, uh, it's that transition that uh, can be the place where things can, can fall apart in unusual uh, uh, health care relationships. It's these, you know, betweener right. kinds of points. Um, right. You know, between DOD and VA, between DOD and Tricare, between you know, and so on, uh, we can think of many different examples of this. If we have uh, someone to help us to shepherd us over those humps, uh, it can uh, make uh, make sure that we uh, the the right course that we get started on through a three week uh, intensive experience like the specialized care program, that you have the chance to stay on track in that. Uh, and, uh, and so that's I think that's really how I would relate specialized care programs to this notion of continuity of care.
0: Right. Okay. So so specialized care programs really allow the continuity to expand and contract to meet the needs of every single service member within the system.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, what happens with a lot of people with chronic conditions, whether they're psychological health or whether they're, uh, you know, uh, more physical health, like chronic pain, is that uh, they their health care gets kind of uh, discombobulated, that there's a lot of voices involved, and, uh, and it gets confusing. Different people are putting the patient on different medicines or giving different conflicting advice. Uh, what we try to do is uh, come up with a, coherent message and set of priorities for each patient over the course of that three-week program, and then sort of a shepherd, a care manager that uh, then follows them over time and makes sure that, uh, that that all kind of stays together and doesn't fall apart.
0: Excellent. So to kind of wrap up, can you give us a concrete example then from work that you're working on now on to show us how the continuity of care really applies to an individual person?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that uh, there are uh, different examples I've given you a couple of programmatic examples the respect uh, mill program that uh, uh, where um, where we're uh, emphasizing continuity in the specialized care program the uh, I think that there are some specific examples in terms of uh, medical care situations where that, uh, you know, uh, might might uh, help people to uh, connect with the notion. But for instance, there is a, uh, we, we now know through uh, a number of different studies that uh, people who become depressed after they have a heart attack um, are more likely to die than people who don't um, uh, become depressed after having their heart attack. And uh, we, we know that um, there are some factors uh, that mediate that. Uh, there may be some biological factors, but there's certainly some psychosocial factors that uh, those people who become depressed, that they, uh, they're involved in uh, habits that aren't healthy. So, uh, you know, they may res- uh, they're less likely to quit smoking. They're less likely to take their, uh, their uh, cardiac uh, medicines and so on. And uh, so one way that continuity of care can work is to ensure that uh, a patient who uh, is in that kind of a situation understands uh, and gets help with taking the medicines that they need to take and help with some of the uh, health behaviors that uh, that may be defeating uh, what they're they're trying to do. A second example that I would give would be that uh, I would use the example of depression where um, there was an editorial published uh, about the treatment of depression uh, in primary care that said essentially what treatment that you pick matters less than following the patient up uh, and making sure that it works uh, effectively and if it doesn't then switch um, and so often uh, in the treatment of depression as in the treatment of pain and other uh, chronic conditions uh, we will put somebody on a medicine uh, and uh, for a variety, because of a variety of different pressures maybe uh, it may be some months, even years, before somebody goes back to ask them again, you know, is this medicine working? Are you still taking it? Um, and uh, what, what we know about depression is that uh, the first try is only effective about maybe uh, a third to 40 percent of the time. And we're, we're confident we can help depression get better if we follow it up and if we adjust treatment. If we don't, then outcomes are definitely not going to be as good. So. Uh, these are some concrete examples of uh, how continuity can, you know, make make you or break you, uh, all the way from, you know, uh, something like just not feeling well, uh, as in depression, to, you know, death or dying, and uh, as in uh, you know, post uh, infarction depression.
0: Okay. Colonel Angle, uh, I want to thank you so much for speaking with us today about the continuity of care. I can really see how it this particular approach to health care can really make an impact on the lives of the service members receiving it.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me.
0: That does it for us this week on Dot Mill Docs. Join us next week when Dot Mill Docs returns with a visit from Brigadier General Rhonda Cornham, Director of Comprehensive Soldier Fitness. Brigadier General Cornham will be joining us to discuss how comprehensive soldier fitness increases the resilience of soldiers and families by increasing their physical, emotional, social, spiritual, and family strengths. Until then, see you on health.mil.
1: This program is a product of the Office of the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs Military Health System. .Mill Docs features the most relevant military health topics important to you and your family. If you have questions or topics you'd like to see on an upcoming episode, send us an email at dotmildocs at tma.osd.mil. That's D-O-T-M-I-L-D-O-C-S at tma.osd.mil. Visit health.mil for more episodes.